This podcast of Central Indiana Today is brought to you by Figment 2 McDonald's. Stop by any of their stores in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville, Speedway, and 10th Street, next to Ben Davis High School, for great specials, including the two for $2.50 and two for $5. They also have all-day breakfast items, which now include biscuits and McGriddles. And coming soon to the Danville location, Wednesdays will be family night. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today and WYRZ 98.9. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey of the Kevin Kersey Agency. The Kevin Kersey Insurance Agency, a member of the Farmers Insurance Group, can help you with your home, life, auto, or business needs. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317-286-3481. We can also be found on Facebook at the Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio. This is Donald James of Impact Youth Mentoring. Impact Youth is a not-for-profit mentoring organization providing mentoring services to the children of Hendricks County. We pair mentors ages 16 and older with youth in Hendricks County. Over the past five years, we have been able to impact over 120 children through our mentoring and tutoring programs. Information about becoming a mentor or finding a mentor for a child can be found at impactyouthmentoring.org or via email at impactyouth1010 at gmail.com. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. The Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Today's program is made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. And now here's your host, Rob Kendall. Welcome in to another edition of Central Indiana Today here on 98.9 WYRZ. I'm Rob Kendall. Thanks for joining us on the program today. We're going to delve into the world of Carmel. Yes, it's sort of a sort of an entity all to itself, and we want to explore what's going on up there. We have a lot of listeners up there, so people listen to the podcast up there. And here to help us do that is Adam Asen. He is with the Carmel Current. Adam, how are you? I'm doing great today. Hey, uh, okay, so I'm always curious how people get into writing, in particular the municipal government writing. So how did you come about being a writer for the Carmel Current? Well, I was uh, editor of my newspaper at IU and kind of built some connections there. And one of my uh, colleagues at IU found out that years ago I used to be a professional journalist down in Jacksonville, Florida. I was, uh, me and my family own a restaurant in Carmel, so he approached me and said, hey, would you like to write for the paper? I said, well, I already got a job. He said, well, you can do both. And somehow I was crazy enough to try to take on both jobs. But it's been great. You learn a lot more about your community. And it's made me really decide that I wanted to settle my roots in Carmel. So Carmel's interesting to me because when I served on town council here in Brownsburg, you always would hear 
don't make Brownsburg caramel. And I thought that was really interesting because I thought caramel has one of the lowest municipal tax rates in, in the entire state, right? It does have one of the lower rates. Uh, taxes is something that they always talk about because, uh, you know, they have a lot of wealth there. Right. So they have, you know, a base in order to help fund all these sorts of projects that they have. Uh, and uh, so some people are really keeping an eye on that. Um, but, yeah, it is actually, if you look at the municipal tax rate, it's one of the lower in the states. And another thing I said is, clearly, they must be doing something right because a lot of people want to move there. What is the attraction to Carmel? I mean, it's not just a bunch of rich people that found each other, right? A lot of amenities. Um, for I think years ago, uh, I mean, Carmel, Mayor Brainerd's been in office for over 20 years. Long time. Yeah. And he's done a lot to help kind of revitalize the city and uh, had a long-term vision for how he wanted to plan. But even before then, I think there was, the appeal was first the schools. It has some of the best schools, and some of that is because of the property tax rate. You were able to you know, put a lot of money into Carmel High School and make it one of the best. Um, but then as time went on, even beyond the schools, you're starting to see a lot more retirees and millennials want to move there. Maybe they don't have kids or kids in the school system uh, because uh, they like the roundabouts. The park system is really good. Yeah, uh, I've always heard that. Actually, you know, as much as I, I grew up in Indianapolis and love Indianapolis, their park system really could be doing better. I think they lost their accreditation at one point. But Carmel, that Monon Center is beautiful. The pool is awesome. And from a fiscal conservative point of view, you'd like that the Monon Center is revenue neutral. Oh, that's great. We love revenue neutral. <laughs> yes. I always so that, fought for revenue neutrality in the Parks Department. So all the, all the uh, events that they have, they have mixers at the pool. They have memberships to the dog park. People pay memberships to that. That funds it. It does, you know, it gets some money from, you know, the, the government, but it's it's not kind of a cash pit that you're throwing money in. Good, our guest is Adam Ossini. Adam Ossini is with the uh, Carmel Current, and we're going to talk a little bit about some of the big issues going on in Carmel. From an outsider's perspective looking into Carmel, last time I was up in Carmel, uh, I think, was the Trump rally that they had at the... Uh, Did the, you enjoy that? Uh, well, you know, that was the day that uh, that I met the Trumpster, so that was a, oh, gr yeah? a great day for me. That was the day I interviewed Trump. That is a day that will live on forever for me, but we went up to the rally afterwards, and I didn't go in. I was outside, though, and that uh, Palladium is quite the structure, and it's quite controversial at least for people outside of Carmel, do people inside Carmel like the Palladium? Oh, I think I think most people like the building itself. Um, you know, I've been to shows there, and I, I think you can't argue it has the best acoustics of any venue probably in the state of Indiana. And they get great guests. They do. They do get good guests. Um, it, it's a little different. You're not going to see, you know, uh, the Lumineers come there. They're right. going to go to a bigger venue like Banker's Life Fieldhouse. Um, but I do think that they get some great guests. Uh, and But the question is how it was funded. Um, so they the costs were a little more than what some people thought. Some people still, still think that it, it's a great deal. I try to always show both sides. So. Right, yeah, yeah. You've got to be neutral. If you hear me say both sides, it's not that I, I don't have an opinion. It's that I'm a journalist. So. No, no, that's an interesting question because I always try to ask this to yeah. people when they, when they come in here. Yeah. Uh, when we had Rafael Sanchez in here, I, I asked him about this. Is it hard for you, because your job is to be a neutral, you're an umpire, right? Yeah. You, or you, you know, in some sense, you just report the balls and strikes. Um, is that hard? 
you know, I think you get so many years of because living there, right? I yeah. mean, you you have an opinion. It's your backyard. One, I try to keep some opinions to myself. But then at the same time, you know, I think so many years of looking at both sides, it almost kind of rewires your brain. Really? Like, I don't, you know, if there's an alt center, I think that's what you <laughs> would describe me. <laughs> because I could never, I could never do that. You know, my job is to, to pontificate about stuff. I could never go in somewhere. I mean, I could if I didn't care about it. But if it were in my hometown or home city, I could not just, just call it down the middle without an opinion i mean that'd be very hard oh yeah and i get customers who come up to the restaurant you know when i'm working my other job and they'll they'll read my articles in the paper and they'll be like oh i love the mayor i love everything he's doing <laughs> or oh god we got to get rid of this guy he's ruining caramel and you just have to shake your head and nod and go yeah it certainly is interesting that you know that <laughs> fake comment where you're acknowledging what right. they're saying but not really expounding at all so one of the big issues and we're going to get into this in just a second a, a, a branch off of this but you know i am the tiff guy of hendrix yeah. county that's my deal we use that to do the reagan the downtown project that's going to happen do you like tiff i love tiff you know i'm the tiff the tiff guy i love the tiff <laughs> brainerd he loves the tiff he right does. Uh, do people uh, appreciate the tiff and caramel do they know what the tiff is well, you know, you learn it really quick reporting in Carmel because it's everywhere. Uh, I almost feel like I don't have to explain it as much, but you do. But um, basically, what TIF is for the layman is you're taking property tax values and you're capturing the increment. So it still stays at the base rate. That base property tax that would have gone to the schools or whatnot, that still is there. But every time it increases, they're going to take that money and then use it for some sort to fund some sort of improvement. In right. No children are being stolen from here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, they have TIF districts. Do they have that in Brownsburg where it had to be used in certain areas? Oh, yes. Okay. So that's the one thing that's controversial, they say, is they have the TIF districts, then they have the big TIF. Right. The big TIF is we can take the money from the TIF districts and use it for anything that helps the region. Okay. So And that would be like the Palladium. Right. So that would – TIF would go from one part of town all the way to the big pot, and then it would use to pay off. Uh, the debt for now that's that's plate. a little different than other municipalities do it because like in Brownsburg we expanded our tiff through the right away which meant we didn't take any more properties for the increment but we could use the the increment from the tiff in 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 other areas throughout town I think there's a few reasons why tiff is a good thing for one if nothing is getting built there the property taxes are not going to increase right so we're capturing the increase so the idea is that um, by building this, you know, new shopping center or whatever, maybe not shopping center, I'm just using an example, um, on this area, this will increase the property value, and that increase in property value will be used to help kind of fund the infrastructure for the project. And a lot of that infrastructure would have fallen on the taxpayers anyways, sidewalks and roads. Uh, and so we're just going to use this to help kind of fund some of that. Um, and in Carmel, the schools are in pretty good shape so even with that base property tax rate you're not robbing the schools of their money um the question a lot of times in carmel is uh, anticipating how much tiff you're going to get right because they take the debt and some people think they're overestimating, and that'll get them into trouble down the road the years when the tiff money's not there can they pay back the debt um mayor brainerd argues that obviously there's enough money for that and They'll show your figures, but I mean that's kind of was the central issue in the last mayoral campaign. And so let's talk about that. Uh, Brainerd sort of had his first real solid competition in a long time. I think he's had some token opposition in the past, right? We thought it was going to be a tight race. Uh, Rick Sharp was council president. 
He was well known. Um, he had a, a very clear message, uh, but uh, the result was the same. Were you surprised at how lopsided it was? A little bit, a little bit. I thought it would be a little bit closer. Because um, Sharp's a uh, Sharp, and I disagree on some things. I remember going. I was invited to a, an event on TIFF that they sent Mike Shaver out to uh, to speak at, and we'll get into this clerk treasurer thing too because yeah. she was there. And yeah, I know and, Mike Shaver. And and and, uh, and so it was Rob, the TIFF guy from Brownsburg, being invited to try to. Uh, object to a couple things that at a caramel event there's like a caramel tea party yeah. uh, thing and I so, probably know some of the people who were there yeah, they, yeah they sent me to the slaughterhouse out there I was actually invited by another tea party person to give quote another perspective and I don't think they enjoyed quote my other perspective but but it was interesting because sharp articulate guy somewhat zealous in his views on things which is okay but uh Sharp, uh, I thought, really was going to give Brainerd a run for his money because he had an organized group of activists behind him. So this is what some people told me, that, and not to criticize Rick Sharp because he was always very nice to me, uh, but I do think this would have been a better strategy, not to run on uh, the debt because I know that is an issue that's going to enliven some people, but Brainerd turned it into he's against the Palladium, he's against the roundabouts, he's against the parks, which – was effective because people love all those things. Right. I think a better strategy against Brainerd and even Brainerd supporters admit would have been to go after the terms to say he's been in office for 20 years. We love him. Let's give someone else a chance. I think that would have been a good strategy because you could have got some Brainerd supporters say, well, I like Brainerd, but yeah, let's give somebody else a chance. I think that could have been a better strategy. Um, you have to also understand the elections in Carmel are completely different than your primary elections or your general elections because they're in off years. Right. This is the only election going on. And as a result, um, you get both parties voting in the same election. Now, they are primaries for Republicans and Democrats. And Democrats don't run. Right. And you probably, yeah, I was going to say, you probably get a lot of Democrats that go, screw this. Even if I got somebody to run, they'd never you, win. So you get I, Democrats who run under the Republican ticket. Or, they won't admit it, but they do. Right. And and, and that happens here in Hendricks County, yeah. too. It's not nothing new. And you'll have people that will openly tell you, I vote in the Republican uh, primary. And then for a Democrat. Uh, I know Bernie Sanders supporters who voted in that Republican primary because <laughs> it is the election. Yeah. They, yeah. they did not hold an election. And uh, Okay, so that leads me to my next point. Again, my guest is uh, Adam Austin. He is uh, with Carmel Current. And uh, we're going to keep Adam for two shows here today. We're going to kind of – we're doing a broad overview of Carmel today. And then we're going to get into some specific stuff. And you say, well, why are we doing Carmel? Because we get a lot of requests to talk about Carmel. We are primarily in Hendricks County, Boone County, West Indianapolis Station. But a lot of people listen to our, our podcast. And I know Adam's a big fan of the, the show too. Um, so we say we're going to start delving into to Carmel and give a different perspective. Is Brainerd a primary example – of that people, you mentioned the debt and Sharp ran on the debt and blah, blah, blah. Uh, people don't care how it gets done just as long as it gets done. There is some of that. And also, to be fair, the catastrophe that they've talked about hasn't happened yet. And so maybe he's talking about what's going to happen years from now, and he might be right. But people only care about the right now. And I just feel like that that's that way in politics. If you look at the, the federal debt, does yeah. I mean – we don't we don't see we worry about what's happening right now on the same some would argue that there was a little catastrophe when this uh, the Carmel redevelopment commission needed to be bailed out um i wasn't a reporter at the time so i can't talk about it as much but i've learned a little bit about, about well, that well let's delve into that real quick but before we do that is there anybody 
but realistically could beat Jim Brainerd because you've got a guy like Sharp who you've got to have in some semblance the polar opposite. But the problem with the polar opposite guy, and I'm lumping everybody in here together, is they don't always get a mission statement down. They don't always say, this is what's going to resonate with the voters. They do, this is what I'm interested in. They have to show contrast. Right, yeah. right, right. And so the problem is the guy that wouldn't have a contrast with Brainerd, people would go, well, why would I go away from Brainerd? I will present a different idea. Yes, I think Brainerd would probably win if he ran again. But what if he doesn't run again? Right. And um, I think he might. A lot of people think that this was his last term, but I think he might run again. I think I actually believe that more than most. But... You know, he was interested in Susan Brooks' congressional seat. Oh, yeah. Um, he publicly stated that because she wanted to become governor. If so, there was going to be a vacancy and a caucus would have uh, picked someone to run for Congress. And, you know, he goes to D.C. a lot. He's very interested in national issues. He was, you know, there was even talk on the outside that he could get a position in the Trump administration, maybe transportation or something. Right. So there could be something bigger for him down the road. Um and if that's the case, you know, you'll see a new mayor. Um, so I, that, that's something you might have to consider is, you know, people in D.C., people state level, they're they're keeping an eye on Brainerd and, you know, some of his expertise. I, I'm very interested in Carmel because it's a fascinating thing to me because I always look at it like you've got Indianapolis and then you've got all this fight across our state to be number two. And it for a long time it was Fort Wayne or maybe Evansville. You could make a compelling case that next to Indianapolis, Carmel is the most important municipality in the state of Indiana. Could you not? I think you could. Uh, I think you also have to. What I love about Carmel is I, I can walk my dog at night and it's safe. Yeah. Uh, great parks. The bike trails are awesome. I think it's a great place to have a small business. I get all that, but... I can drive 30 minutes downtown and go see a Pacers game or a Colts game. So I still get to enjoy all of Indianapolis's yeah. amenities while living in a nice, quiet area. Now, one of the huge issues with Carmel, and you're a business owner, so you can speak <laughs> to this. A couple of years ago, we went through this in the town of Brownsburg, and thank God that was over and done with, was the sign and zoning ordinance. And there's always a contrast in communities that are trying to move forward about do you want to tighten your sign and zoning ordinances to make signs specifically more structured more together more compact carmel has one of the tightest zoning code sign ordinances in the state of indiana has it affected businesses at all you know, I don't see most people really argue that. I think there it does, from my experience, if you have to go, you have to get your sign approved before you put it up. And that can that can take a while. Maybe it could be a little bit faster, uh, in my opinion. But besides that, I don't think the rules are too restrictive. And I think the city does a good job marketing the businesses. There was an interesting uh, kind of controversy, and this is kind of before I, I became a reporter. Did you hear about the pink sign? Tell us. So there was this business. They went out, but it was approved by the city they signed off on it and it was like caramel culture it was like a bead kind of store sure and their sign was their letters were big bright pink yeah and one of the city councilors <laughs> he hated it and ran to the meeting he's like this is so ugly why did we allow this and uh i kind of agree it wasn't the most attractive sign but i always kind of laugh when we talk about that and say thank god we live in Carmel, where those are the kind of issues we yeah. can worry about is pink signs we don't have to worry about crumbling roads or police officers getting shot like we've got it pretty good up there when that's the problems we're dealing with well when we went through our sign and zoning ordinance here in brownsburg that was the big thing is what sort of municipality do you want to be and i said look attraction attracts attraction if that makes yeah. sense like when you drive through Carmel, if you're looking at buying a half a million dollar home you're going to go 
wow, this is a really nice community. Everything's really kept up nice. Everything looks nice. It looks like people care about their property, and you're more apt to get those people, which then attracts the upper-end businesses, and it's it's circular. And I, I think Carmel, while maybe a little tight overall for my standards, really has something in the semblance of, look, you want to do business here? This is how it works. You don't. There's always somewhere, somewhere else you can do business. You know, I think everyone says we want less government control uh, until – and I actually, I'm – conservative i i think smaller government but then we all run into things where you're like this is a problem i wish somebody would do something about it especially when you're running a business you always see that you see uh litter on the street you see um you know things that just don't look nice and you're like god i wish somebody would do something about it oh wait there maybe someone can so i think that's when you run into it yeah carmel would hate a giant neon flashing (laughs) sign they're not going to become you know uh downtown las vegas but uh, i think i mean the rules seem fine to me okay a uh, couple other high level carmel points and then tomorrow so we're gonna get into some very specific things um does the county the rest of the county do they like carmel do they view them as competition because you've got a state senator out there in kenley who openly pa- tried to get a law passed a couple years ago that tiff bill that was going to hurt carmel because he's a noblesville guy i mean does the rest of the county do they like carmel you know they they're modeling after Carmel. They are. I mean, if you look Can't at... Can't beat them, join them sort of thing. I mean, if you look at what Scott Fadness has done in Fishers, I mean, it's been different, but um, a lot of TIF, a lot of pro- private public partnerships. Um, so, I mean, I think they're following that model. Um, if you look at Westfield, look at Grand Park. I mean, that's just a... Very, uh, Trump rally out there, too. Yeah, that's, Very nice. That's the recreational sports... Or not recreational, the travel sports version of the Palladium, where... It's a uh, public money going to something that will be an economic uh, driver for the area. Uh, they're all building roundabouts. Noblesville uh, is a little bit further away, so I don't think they're, you know, modeling themselves after Carmel as much. Uh, and they've also got the responsibility of being the county seat. Um, but I don't know. I think I think that there's maybe there's always a little sibling rivalry. But I think in the end, I think that they all love and respect each other. Uh, you're, when you're at a meeting. Because, like, in Brownsburg, it was always a big deal for a long time when the flyer would show up. You know, oh, yeah, just didn't cover and, and then And then I showed up, and then it became a zoo, and everybody was there all the time to cover it because you never knew what was going to happen. But before that, it used to be a really big deal. Is it a big deal that you're there covering the meetings, or do they even notice it because Carmel gets so much publicity? I, I don't know. I, I'll say this. I mean, I, I try to go to every meeting, so just in case something happens— um, but I, the, the, the public participation in some of the meetings, I think, could be better. That's in my opinion. I get a lot of emails and calls, people saying, I feel passionately about this issue, like trash collection, that how they, <laughs> we went from, you know, you could pick your trash provider to now you have to have one provider. I got so many calls and emails about that. But to be honest, not a lot of people came to the meeting and spoke. And anyone can come to a meeting, step up to the microphone, and share their opinions not a lot of people took advantage. So I guess that would be my message to uh, some of the people out there is don't just tell me. Go go tell the elected <laughs> officials. They want to hear what you're thinking. So Now, that I was going to ask you, is Carmel sort of a club sport like most communities? It's the same people that run all the time, same group of people, same, same sort of people involved, or do we see a lot of new people each election cycle? You know, you see some of the same faces. Um we just had a new uh, city councilor appointed last week or Saturday. 
uh, I don't know, but he was, it was interesting. Um, the, no, that was through the caucus process. Yeah, so we had the previous city councilor. She decided to move to California for personal reasons. So they had a caucus to pick a replacement. 11 precinct committee men, only 10 showed up, got to pick who the next city councilor was for the next three years. Yeah. <laughs> and the, I think they were, there was one candidate that was kind of being pushed by some of the more mayor friendly people. And then more kind of the, uh, Tea Party, Constitutional Patriot sure. people that, you know, kind of you met with, they didn't like that, so they kind of rallied behind a different candidate, and that guy won 6-4 to four on the second ballot. His name's Tony Green. He is a former Air Force pilot turned attorney, and so now he'll be on the council for three years. So so we do get some new faces. Uh, I think, again, if, if Brainerd one day decides not to run, maybe it's next election. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of the current city councilors want to run for mayor because they've been kind of waiting for a while. Everybody wants to be the chief, right? Yeah, and they, you can't run for council and mayor at the same time. So that would open up a lot of spots on the council. And they're becoming a second-class city. So that means they're going to increase by two more council seats, one more at large and one more district. So there's going to be some, I think, in the next few years, a lot of uh, new faces entering the fold. All right, Adam's going to stick around with us, and uh, tomorrow's show, we're going to get into some very specific current issues with Carmel. I want to kind of give a broad overview today, because um, again, Carmel's a very important driver in not only this, the greater metro area, but a sta- the statewide. I mean, the, the state of Indiana passed a law in 2014 related to tax increment finance, which was to punish the city of Carmel. I mean, it was a, a punishment for the city of Carmel. So people watch Carmel to keep an eye on it. It's very important. And so we're going to get into some very specific issues with Carmel uh, tomorrow. Don't forget, if you missed any part of our uh, show today, you can check out a podcast anytime you want. We're on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search Central Indiana Today. You can download the show right to your smartphone or tablet, totally free of charge. Go back and listen anytime you want. As always, the podcast presented by McDonald's. Until next time, I'm Rob Kendall saying have yourself a great evening. You've been listening to the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. An archive of today's program can be heard at our website, wyrz.org. Tune in next time for another edition of the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today with your host, Rob Kendall. This podcast of Central Indiana Today is brought to you by Figment 2 McDonald's. Stop by any of their stores in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville Speedway, and 10th Street next to Ben Davis High School for great specials, including the two for $2.50 and two for $5. They also have all-day breakfast items, which now include biscuits and McGriddles. And coming soon to the Danville location, Wednesdays will be family night. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today and WYRZ 98.9. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey. Since 1968, our family has been helping customers with their insurance needs. We provide insurance coverage for life, home, auto, and recreational vehicles. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317-286-3481. The Kevin Kersey Agency can also be found on Facebook at The Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. The Kevin Kersey Agency is a proud member of the Farmers Insurance Group. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. 
Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. This is Donald James of Impact Youth Mentoring. Impact Youth is a not-for-profit mentoring organization providing mentoring services to the children of Hendricks County. We pair mentors ages 16 and older with youth in Hendricks County. Over the past five years, we have been able to impact over 120 children through our mentoring and tutoring programs. Information about becoming a mentor or finding a mentor for a child can be found at impactyouthmentoring.org or via email at impactyouth1010 at gmail.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio.